0: Strong and Getty Show. This week, my wife and I uh, are taking our son, actually both sons, going to pull Sam out of school so we can make it to. We're going to see a doctor to try to figure out what's wrong with my youngest son, which I've talked about on and off on the air over the years. Um, To try to figure out what's wrong with him. We don't know what's wrong with him. He's got, he just, his brain doesn't work right. And he knows his brain doesn't work right. He talks about it all the time. It's a... uh It's a tough situation. He stays up all night long, several days in a row sometimes.
1: he um, And it's not like I can't get to sleep. It's
0: He doesn't want to sleep. He just doesn't need to sleep for several days in a row. It's got the looks of being bipolar, which almost never happens for somebody who's six years old. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's practically unheard of, but that's what it looks like. We're going to be seeing supposedly the best person in the world on this subject, and I hope we get some result, because... It's 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 tough on the whole family. It's really tough on him. I feel so bad for him because his, like, among things that he deals with is he has to pee, like, every 90 seconds. Oh, my god! And it's gosh. an anxiety thing. It's not a physical thing. We've had that ruled out with scans and all kinds of stuff. It's an anxiety thing. And he has to pee, like, every 90 seconds for some reason. And it's pretty tough to live your life that way, <sighs> you can imagine. I would say. It's tough for all of us. But I mean, like if we drive somewhere I have to pull off. we rarely go anywhere because it's it's so difficult. He can't hardly leave the house he can't wear clothes a lot of days. there's all kinds of reasons we don't go anywhere but but we have to pull over like every couple of blocks or every couple of miles so that he can pee in a bottle as we're on our way to wherever and at home to watch TV we have pads on the floor so we can get up and pee on the pad so he doesn't have to run all the way to the bathroom, which he's too scared to go down the hallway by himself anyway so he has to be accompanied but wow. It's just all kinds of stuff it's a mix of stuff, and we're trying to figure out what it is, but we have a doctor's appointment this week and hoping to God that we get some result from it it's it's something
1: and this uh, is an eminent authority allegedly oh yeah oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah yeah oh, yeah. oh yeah. yeah no
0: doubt about it but
1: although I'll you know tell you from experience the uh we we've come hundreds of miles in our understanding of the human mind, but we are still standing outside kind of peering around the corners in terms of our understanding of the way the mind actually works and the brain why it right. functions and malfunctions.
0: Right, there's there's no b- blood test you can do and say, okay, it's blankety blank. Here's the pill and you're fine. Sure, it's not like it's not even even close to like that. Right. So he hasn't been on any medication of any kind for a long time. I hate to go back down that road, but I suppose we're going to. Um, I welcome your emails and uh, and texts on why that's an awful thing to do, but. Do oh, you end yeah. up in this situation you handle the way you think is best?
1: Would you like to go through the list of things you have considered, looked at, read about, been told about to stem the flow of emails? Some, some,
0: of, some of them have been really good, is some yeah. of the suggestions. Some of oh, them have been crappy. Yeah, traffic-
1: and, and absolutely every single one of them is well meaning. And I don't mean to be cynical about it. No, but as the guy who goes through the emails, I'll tell you there have been a lot of them.
0: Oh yeah, I get a lot of this. Sounds like what our kid was like, and this happened. i you know, what I've gotten the most of, which I'm hoping for. I hope we can find something that will help before then. But I've gotten a lot of that sounds similar to our kid, and then about puberty, it went away. Yeah, which is really interesting.
1: And we've received first person reports from from fellas. It's all been guys. Uh, talking about that, uh, similar, I mean, I don't claim to know the, you know, all the details of your son's situation, but you know, similar in enough ways that it's, it's striking.
0: I'll tell you one thing though, about my, uh, my son, he is one f- funny SOB hmm. and I don't know if that's part of the whole, you know, a lot of, uh, artists are, you know, troubled in a lot of different ways. It's yeah. as common as common can be, Yeah, but he is brilliantly funny. Hmm and uh, some of it is the amount of television that he takes in cuz the only thing that can calm down his mind enough to like even function is is a lot of times watching TV so he takes in a lot of comedies you know cartoons and stuff like that a lot of the classic looney tunes and that sort of stuff but he is so freaking funny. It blows
1: my mind. I would like to consult on what he's watching. I know you don't really need that, but I have some ideas. He, what is we've best. gotten into
0: a little Three Stooges and wanting yes. to go farther down that line, although I don't want to get hit in the back of the head with a ladder very often. So.
1: <laughs> Once is enough. <laughs> have you gone Marks Brothers yet? No, I have not. Oh, my goodness. I, I can make recommendations. You think that works on a six-year-old? Or? Yes. Oh, yeah, a kid is as as bright and attuned to humor as he is, mm. yes. Awesome. I don't recall the first, or how old I was when I first heard
0: the Abbott and Costello Who's on first. All right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But that was Perfect. a was timeless thing, and I made my dad replay that probably 50 times
1: the first Good time one. I heard it. He's a little young for the fabulous Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein, as there are some horror elements of that. They're like two minutes twice in the movie. But Frankenstein's pretty scary there for a minute. But soon he'll be ready for that. When, Another comedy classic.
0: When I was a kid, when we'd get home from Sunday school on And then Sundays. the hangover
1: movies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wait till he's nine. And then anything with Amy Schumer in it. Oh, oh Lord. pulp um, fiction is actually very funny. <laughs> um, uh, when I was a kid, when you'd get home from Sunday school, there was always some old black and white. And it was a lot of Abbott and Costello, a lot oh, of yeah. Marx Brothers, and a lot of Laurel and Hardy, which is freaking hilarious. Right, and even right. more old-timey.
1: Did your channel get the uh, the Sherlock Holmes and the Charlie Chan movies? Yeah, yeah, I got those two. Yeah, those were the, the Sherlock Holmes movies were great. Charlie Chan a little uncomfortable with the fact that it was a white guy squinting. It's kind of <laughs> you know not cool these days. I but, didn't know that. That is it, oh yeah. He didn't was, age well. He's, <laughs> exactly. He's not Asian. No, I, but his son was clearly. I think. Why does, please don't, please don't be angry at me for my poor memory of Charlie Chan movies. Our beloved Asian listeners, long time no see. That's right. We found. Never mind. I don't even want to get into that. Anyway, uh, obviously, we all uh, wish you well in your inquiries. I mean, yeah, with the doctor, <clears throat> right? Yeah,
0: and and it's the, one of the reasons that when I hear people say we've got to do something about. The mental illness problem in this country and homeless and this and that and schools and school shooters and everything like that. And I think, yeah, I'm I'm dealing with that. It's not that easy to figure out who's got what problem and then come up with a cure for it. In fact, it's damn near impossible.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's, it, it's a problem. We got a lot of mentally ill people. Uh, it would seem more than we used to have in, in some new ways. Who knows why, whether it's social media or chemicals or whatever, but it's damn hard to diagnose and damn hard to treat
1: and expensive. Right. Well, yeah. And for, uh, you know, I don't know the exact numbers, but I would imagine it's the vast majority of people um, who struggle with this sort of thing. They have had family members who love them very much, trying as hard as they can for as long as they can and trying to get that loved one the help they need. But once they become an adult, you're fairly limited in your options. And, you know, and, and sometimes the person muddles through life and has an okay life. Sometimes it ends badly. It's just, it's, it's a very, very hard thing. Mental illness is, especially where it comes up against law enforcement. I don't mean to make everybody sad, but it's a hard, hard issue. And you bring up the fo- homeless thing, and, and, man, that's a tough nut to crack. you got civil liberties mixed in as well. How do you deny somebody their freedom? Because you think they're nuts? I don't know. They thought Galileo was nuts. No, I'll grant you. I'll grant you. <laughs> there are plenty of people that are pretty clearly disturbed, and it's not that their theory of the universe or their <laughs> or their drawings of helicopters or oh, that's Da Vinci. Sorry, it's they're clearly struggling. But how do you take somebody's freedom away? It's a Very difficult question to ask.
0: One thing I wonder about. Answer rather. If you go to see a guy who's supposedly the best in the world at something, yeah, and he says, darned if I know." Then what do you do?
1: You wait and see. Jeez. It's
0: like being the number two Proust expert. I mean, I don't know. It's a little like that. (laughs) (laughs) That is a reference to Little Miss Sunshine? Little Miss Sunshine, yeah. That was Steve Carell's of the character. He was the world's number two Proust expert, and his wife ran off with the number one. Right. (laughs) That's really got to (laughs) sting. Oh, it it did. did. It did. That was the whole point. <laughs>
1: i'm motivator in that
0: charming movie have you seen the ads for the new steve carell movie could as as he said on saturday night live the other night somebody stood up why don't we do an office redo then you wouldn't have to make all these sad movies <laughs> um he's got a new movie out that looks so freaking sad
1: i haven't seen one it.
0: one of the great comedic actors
1: of a generation just a qu- quick in-show meeting note i i moved us off of sad there a second ago. You want to go back to Sam? I just think
0: it's interesting that a guy who's a great comedic actor... Daily Show and then all these funny movies oh, yeah. he did and everything like that. Now he's dedicated, 40 year old virgin, now he's dedicated himself to, what's the saddest motion picture I could make? <laughs> oh boy. This is about a kid that was like abused by his oh, schoolmates and had to oh. form his own mind. As a, I mean it's just like really super over the top. What are
1: you doing? I got a question for you. Who goes to those movies? Is it people who have a lot of that in their life? You know what and I want to do, do tonight, relate, honey? To Let's go be sad. And it's or, only $20. Or is it somebody with uh, with no drama in their life whatsoever. And they kind of want to pick that bone. It's
0: people like me. Like, I don't have the dramas of a family life, right? So I get to kind of peer through the looking glass at these uh, assuming a a very well done piece of art. Go ahead. Somehow I can access that emotional feeling. I think that is so interesting. I used to think that uh, like married people with kids didn't go to movies because they don't have time. That is definitely part of it. Right. But a lot of it is you need zero
1: drama you right. need zero anything making you feel emotion i don't need joy on the screen i don't need tragedy on the screen i don't need stress i don't need suspense
0: i don't need any it's i don't like... need to contemplate life and death i rather... need a little sleep <laughs> <laughs> on any level right maybe yeah. that's why the hollywood crowd so into it because there's a lot less you know child raising going on i don't know right right interesting perspective oof Oof, indeed. God, I can't imagine my wife and I sitting down and watching, for instance, this Steve Carell movie. I deal with this every day of my life. Why would I want to watch this movie? Right,
1: right. Hey, honey, (laughs) you want to go see a really sad movie about a kid? She'd probably kill you.
0: Anyway, I'll let you know how it turns out or not, depending on my mood. I have no idea. I probably shouldn't talk about it as it is.
1: I think people who are dealing with similar stuff appreciate it. For what I that's hope worth. so.
0: I deal it when I I appreciate when people dealing with similar stuff talk to me about it. Right. Um it's always helpful. You are listening to the Armstrong and Getty show.
1: Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. A wrecking ball
2: that is just now not the Kasogi instant but when you put everything together
1: you got a profile of somebody who can't take criticism who is uh, turning Saudi Arabia upside down in the mid-east in the process this guy is a wreck Oops, I
2: changed my mind because I'm pissed
1: (laughs) the volatile Lindsey Graham there on the Armstrong and Getty show Trying to get to the bottom of this vote in the Senate. It's symbolic. But they uh, voted to suspend U.S. support for the Saudi-led war in Yemen. And it would appear to be partly... Well, listen, you got to start with the fact that it's a humanitarian nightmare. Yet another humanitarian nightmare where thousands of civilians are being killed. And many are just starving to death. Um, As, you know... If I were going to be cynical and exhausted, I'd say a couple of, you know, a sand country lunatic totalitarian regimes are fighting to the death over some godforsaken piece of land, which is actually a pretty good essay, good uh, description of it. But you got the Saudis and Iranian-backed rebels fighting for control of Yemen, which is right on Saudi's doorstep. And, you know, it's not surprising that we've been back in the Saudis and, and trying to help them keep control of Yemen, or at least not give over control. But this vote to suspend our help um, is based partly in that the war isn't really going anywhere. and It's a humanitarian nightmare. But also because some senators are crazy mad about the snuffing of this Khashoggi character. But it would seem that uh, several, Lindsey Graham among them, is just so, well, as he quaintly put it, pissed that the CIA didn't send the head gal over to talk to him about the Khashoggi uh, schnuffing. And so it's a kind of a protest vote on that level. Um, you know, it'll never pass the House anyway, and it's just a symbolic gesture. But I just think it's interesting that they would grab the president by his shirt and shake him like that um, over what seems to me. I mean, listen, all that stuff's serious and all of it's important, I guess, but doesn't seem to me that there'd be an adequate reason to completely derail your foreign policy in the region. I just don't get it. Um, Although, you know, you got your coalition, Lindsey Graham's one of them, Bob Corker of Tennessee, who's, I think he's retiring, isn't he? Uh, He might be another one. Um, That, yeah, we're fine with being buddies with the Saudis, but this uh, BSM, or uh, MSM, MSB, and there it is. Mainstream media. No, MSB, Mohammed bin Salman, they just think he's a lunatic and dangerous, and they don't want him in power, and they're trying to send uh, the message to the other 877 princes and Saud family, you know, potentates, that uh, they don't want uh, MSB to be in charge anymore. I guess. It's a little mystifying. Complete change of topic. Michael, do you have any transition music ready for us? Two, three, four. (music) Whenever we change topic or mood so abruptly and jarringly that it would not work. We pad with transition music. I don't even remember what we were talking about, which is the role of transition music. Woohoo! Alright, turn it off. Turn it back. Um great piece, uh, thanks to frequent contributor Jeff for passing this along. And if you ever see something you think we ought to be talking about, send it along, uh, email at mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. It is physically impossible for even the crew here to take in, you know, everything that's flying around the the interwebs and everything. And y'all are great at spotting good stuff, but uh, it's mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. But anyway, Jeff passed along this piece by a fellow by the name of Andy uh, Ngo. Um, He's Vietnamese, N-G-O. I don't know how to pronounce that. Stands for non-governmental organization. Yo, is that right or n- no? Maybe just no. Doctor, no. Um, and it's about Portlandia, a, a city that I have a, a, a huge love-hate relationship with. It's a metro area. My son used to live. He moved away, and maybe I shouldn't quote him um, without his permission. Oh, I've gotten this far. My son, who is 24 now, just turned 24, a very clever young man, said, and I quote, Dad, I want to live somewhere that's hip and cool. Because he's a musician, you know, songwriter and all. He said, I want to live somewhere that's that's cool, but not so up its own butt about how cool it is. (laughs) Which I think is a pretty good description of what Portlandia, a formerly wonderful city, has become. It's now insane, even as it remains, you know, beautiful and and fun place to, you know, see music and art and eat and walk and look at the river and the rest of it. Anyway, Uh, but this piece by Andy, no, 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 quote, your parents would be embarrassed by you, a masked woman said as she blocked me from walking into a downtown Portland plaza. Okay, that's physical blocking, which is, you know. One step short of violence. It was an Antifa counter-protest taking place. Joined by others, a group of black-clad masked individuals surrounded me. You're an Asian giving in to white supremacy, mother effer, one shouted. Why did I, a Vietnamese-American gay journalist, receive this reaction from a self-described anti-racist social justice movement? Because I tried to report honestly on Antifa. The far-left movement of communists, socialists, and anarchists who agitate for revolution. Their MO, he points out, is directing confrontation against their opponents and direct confrontation by any means necessary, including violence. Sometimes they go after actual neo-Nazi groups, but much more often their fury is directed at less dangerous targets, conservatives, business owners, and state institutions. Sympathetic media outlets like to portray them as anti-fascist heroes, confronting the extreme right instead of the radical street militia, which they actually are. And he does a really nice job. And we'll post this article so you can see the whole thing. He does a great job of describing um, the events at uh, a counter demonstration. There's this tiny little hashtag uh, him too rally in Portland. Uh, It drew 50 attendees, but it also drew the Antifa people. Who are cracking heads, beating people down. They smashed in the head of a lefty who had a flag because they right. thought he was a righty. Right. Um, and he does a great job of, of explaining how Portland has become a cesspool because they've let it become that way. Marshall Phillips, what are our other headlines?
2: Well, President Trump tearing into his former lawyer for flipping. Latest on the El Chapo trial and just announced at last a male contraceptive. Coming up. It's all
1: coming on the Armstrong and Getty Show. We haven't talked much about the infamous caravan today, but the word is definitely in. It's indisputable from the Mexican government, from reporters embedded, just observations. The vast majority are not brave people fleeing persecution and violence. They're just your standard issue people who want a better life and a better job, which is fine. I admire them for trying to improve their lives. They're gutsy and they're tough. Honestly, I, I admire them. Um, and there are now hundreds of identified criminals and MS-13 members, hundreds of them, right. out of the several thousand. It's probably somewhere around 7 or 8%, based on what I've heard on Pretty Good Authority, are criminals. And a tiny percentage are what has been portrayed consistently by the media, people with legitimate uh, uh, you know, reason to be a, uh, a refugee. Right. A tiny percentage. Right. Mostly just people who want a better job. But they're subject to the laws of the United States and immigration laws. So wait in line. Marshal Phillips has the news, Marshal. Well, President Trump tearing
2: into his former attorney, Michael Cohen, talking with reporters at the White House today. Trump said Cohen has ulterior motives by pleading guilty in the Russia probe about a Trump real estate project in Russia. He's a weak person, and what he's trying to do is get a reduced sentence. So he's lying about a project that everybody knew about. I mean, we were very open with it. Trump adding, he was convicted with a fairly long-term sentence. On things totally unrelated to the Trump organization, having to do with mortgages and having to do with uh, cheating the IRS, perhaps. In a court appearance, Cohen said negotiations over a major Trump real estate deal in Moscow ran through the 2016 presidential campaign and beyond. The president's saying to that. It was a well-known project. It was during uh the early part of 16 and i guess even before that it lasted a short period of time i didn't do the project i decided not to do the project and trump went on to add the primary reason it was very simple i was focused on running for president there would be nothing wrong if i did do it i was running my business while i was campaigning there you go that's uh, pretty pretty uh, much the
1: uh, rebuke that uh, President Trump handed down this morning and we wait with bated breath to read the Mueller report which i have predicted will be a boatload of eye of the beholder you know, right. uh, associations that may or may not be savory, depending on how you see the world.
2: El Chapo's former top aide says he is too scared to testify against the alleged Mexican drug king. Ken. I'm sure he is. Story checks out. Yeah, he's he's seen the head's head south and the body's head north. Miguel Angola Martinez told jurors yesterday he believes Joaquin Guzman ordered four separate hits on him. While he was jailed in Mexico, it seems wait, like plenty. waiting to be extradited to the U.S. So on Monday, the man who claimed to be a former top lieutenant to Guzman testified about paying millions in bribes to Mexican officials. There's a lot of people saying, hey, we were paying bribes to all of these top guys here, you know, former presidents and the like. Sure, yeah. So everybody is passing the buck in more ways than one. Turns out Dick's Sporting Goods posting a drop in sales over the last quarter after it tightened up gun sale rules at its stores following the Parkland, Florida, school massacre. The CEO at the time said the company had been motivated by the activism of the shooting survivors, but revenue is now down about 4.5% to still about $1.9 billion, which is not shabby. The chain raised the age to buy a gun to 21 and it had stopped selling assault-type rif- rifles after the gunman killed the
1: people at the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in February. That's fine. Your private business. Do whatever you think is, is proper with your private business. On the other hand, there is no need to send me three emails every day, dicks. Three every day? I know you're there. I know you stock. Let me think about it. Uh, sporting goods. Did I get that right? So if I need any, I'll let you know.
2: They have a revolutionary new male contraceptive about to undergo trials at the University of Washington School of Medicine in Seattle. School is now enrolling couples for the trials. They'll test a contraceptive gel for the men that's applied to the upper arms and shoulders each day. I didn't see that coming. (laughs) What? And then it gets absorbed through the skin. It is designed to reduce sperm uh, production without reducing sexual drive or enjoyment. There you go. All you have to do is just rub it over your heart. What could go wrong? (laughs) (laughs) Its effects reverse uh, once a man has stopped using it. Meanwhile, Tesla's CEO, Elon Musk, says nobody has ever changed the world working 40 hours a week. He tweeted there are easier places to work than companies like Tesla and SpaceX, but if getting things done really matter to you... You're going to have to invest a significantly larger amount of time. One user on Twitter asked how many hours somebody had to work each week to change the world. And Musk said, 80 hours is sustainable, with
1: peaks at times above 100 hours. All right, fine, Elon. We're we're not all perhaps evil super geniuses. And, And most of us would get to the end of our life and say... Oh, my God, my my husband, my wife, my children, every relationship I ever cared about, I neglected them to stay at work at Tesla. What was I thinking? Ugh, (laughs) now I'm dead. That's what you will think. So with all due respect, Elon, you talk about uh, uh, tunnels and hyperloops and electric cars, and the rest of us will worry about uh, work-life balance.
2: And we have a celebrity wedding to announce. Quentin Tarantino is tying the knot. The director of Pulp Fiction and Kill Bill married his longtime girlfriend and Israeli singer named uh, Daniela Pick in an intimate ceremony yesterday in Los Angeles.
1: Can we hear some of her uh, her overall Daniela Pick? How do you Daniela spell pick. that? Pick. Like D-A- a guitar pick? Yes, P-I-C-K. Okay. Daniela right. Pick. Fantastic. Fantastic. What do you want? You want a uh, the wedding's going to be bloody joke or you want a... They're going to start with I do, then shift to the bride walking yeah, I, in. I like doing the wedding out of yeah. sequence. That's and, good. And yeah. then the message from the minister, <laughs> then back to the beginning. The right. honeymoon was in October. Right, exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> a little Quentin Tarantino humor for you. Oh, and lots of end bombs A lot more end bombs <laughs> than you're used to at a wedding. Thanks.
2: Uh, Tarantino and his 35-year-old bride met eight years ago when Tarantino was in Israel promoting his 2009 film, *Inglorious Bastards.
1: I, was, I you know, uh, Judy and I were looking for something to watch the other day, and right. Hateful Eight was was about to come All on, right. or we hadn't <laughs> on the DVR, I can't remember. And uh, and we'd watched it before, but she had no memory of it. I said, how could you not have any memory? There, there's no storm in the, the <laughs> cabin in the and the, the, the right. prisoner of the, the facial right. hair all the blood facial hair and right. the English get did, but did, no hmm. okay there you go I opted for something else <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't in the mood for gallons of
2: blood it's understandable <laughs> that's your news I'm Marshall Phillips of the Armstrong and Getty Show the conscience of so the nation here's some of Daniela Pick yes please go. how go much ahead.
1: time do we have Michael?
0: Mm, scantily clad in the video. I it's, don't know when she starts singing. Let me
1: fast forward. Here we go. And circles, and again, oh, She sounds like a singer. Fairly uh, typical uh, pop singer of the 21st century, but scantily clad, you say? <laughs> That's excellent, because I demand artists show their body parts <laughs> to me for me to appreciate their art.
2: Why, you're a Louis <laughs> C.K. fan. <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: Thanks. Beautiful. More to come. More to come. It's the Armstrong and Getty Show.
0: Armstrong and Getty.
1: The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
0: I am vowing this weekend I'm going to get my kids into SpongeBob SquarePants. i got to admit, I've got that hole in my life. I've never seen a minute of it, and uh, I'm always looking for content to keep my kids blindly staring at some sort of screen while I do other things. So oh, we'll go nice. with SpongeBob
1: SquarePants. According to most SpongeBobian scholars, uh, first three seasons Okay. go there. Uh, speaking of screen time, I promised this note uh, yesterday, and we just didn't get to it, but uh, Aaron in San Diego mentions that his, his lad, his, his little boy, is just about eight months old, and he's doing a lot of reading about uh, the developing minds of uh, babies and toddlers, something I did, too, when my kids were little. His eight-month-old is? That's astounding. No, no, the father is. The oh. fa- Aaron, the man is, the grown man. Um, and, and he's talking about how the experts have deemed that zero screen time until around age two is probably the right course of action. Their reasoning is eye-opening to me, he, he writes, as I believe it applies to us adults just as much as it applies to our children, as the mind never really stops developing. Well, at least for most of us, it doesn't, he says. And I blew his punchline. Screen time is linked to the following human deficiencies. See if this rings a bell for you, my friends. I've already read it, and I'll tell you it does for me. Shorter attention span. We could just stop the discussion right there. Reading a book, to me, sounds like running an ultra-marathon.
0: Yeah, but I gotta—I—I I never felt like I had that. I don't know what my life would have been like without television, right? Because I started watching TV mm-hmm. in a young age. But I was certainly able to read books up until smartphone world right. came along. Yep. Something's different about that from watching a show on a TV or, or a TV
1: show on a pad or whatever. Oh, I would agree. I don't know what. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I think screen time, most... Of the time people mentioning screen time these these days mean smartphone, tablet, computer as opposed to watching television? Although with little kids, it could be different. I don't know.
0: My kids watch a lot of TV shows on computer screens, so I don't know. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Uh, Moving along. So we got shorter attention span. Sleep deprivation. The blue light effect. Oh, I got to back up just because. Short attention span. Can't pay attention to what we're talking about. Yes. Last week, we're off for a week. I vowed I was
0: going to read a book. Yeah. Something I used to do regularly, well, I did it all the time, but certainly on a vacation I would pick a book, usually like a bigger, harder one on a a vacation because I had a little more time. And I'm going to read a book. And I thought, I'm going to do that because I haven't done that, and I don't know how many vacations. Now, part of that is I got kids now, but part of it is my struggling attention span. So we go to um, Big Aquarium in Monterey, California. I'm going to read Cannery Row, one of my favorite all-time books by John Steinbeck. Not even a very long book.
1: Never read it because I don't like canned fish, but go on.
0: That's a perf- perfectly reasonable stance. But that really could be in my top five books of all time. Mm. So I'm excited to read it about it again. I read maybe 20 pages of it. Loved every page. But I just... I would always go back to... What are the headlines over at the New York Post or whatever? I oh just, boy. I just, I
1: can't. Needed that shot of endorphins. My
0: brain is, and this is a troubling thing for me to say as a guy who's been so in love with reading long books. My brain is broken. Oh boy. And I'm sure it can be fixed with applied getting away from instantaneous candy of the smartphone. But right now, it's almost impossible for me to read a book. Wow. Which is a terrible thing to admit. Well, it's brave. You're and ki- a brave and, man. And this started for me as a full-on man in your 40s grown-up. Right. Imagine kids who've never had anything
1: but this pace. It makes They'll, me sad. They
0: may never read a book in their lives. It freaks
1: me out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so sleep deprivation, the blue light effect, uh, depression and anxiety, and, and just having more trouble figuring out what is real or important, slower language development, poor social skills, or complete lack thereof, inability to self-soothe or cope. Ooh, Millennials a... are always saying how they can't even, even you know, and then they've got to be soothed. I don't know. I don't know. Boy, yeah. I'm just throwing this stuff out here. I, right. I'm not saying I, uh, I agree with all of it, but I think I probably do. Irritability and acting out. Uh, Aaron mentions Facebook and Twitter rants. I think that has as much to do with the the uh, the drug of anonymity, which is like. Cocaine at an eighties party—it just makes people act out like lunatics. Anonymity does, but that
0: self-soothing one—I think about that when I'm standing in line for anything, and I whip out my phone because that's funny. It wasn't that many years ago. If I stood in line, I just stood there, yeah, daydreaming about something. Now I've got to look at my phone uh,
1: two minutes with nothing. Right. Oh my god! Lately, because I'm better than you, uh, I try as hard as I can to do that. If I'm doing anything where I would look down at my phone. I keep it in my pocket, and I just think. I'm convinced that's important. I have almost soiled my... What I my, think about is grabbing my phone.
0: I have almost soiled my pants when I need to go to the bathroom, and I can't put my hands on my phone, because the idea of sitting in there with just my thoughts oh, for what? 5 to 15 minutes...
1: Oh, boy! Um, it's Never just, mind the smartphone discussion. Let's talk about fiber... <laughs> Holy cow.
0: The idea of being alone with my thoughts for five minutes just sounds horrific. So I got to Where's my phone? Oh,
1: man. You're like a Coke. The Coke feed. Absolutely. Power. Listen to this. This is more about parenting than neurological development. But man, does it ring true. Power struggles when attempting to take the device away. Um. Writes Aaron. Oh, yeah. try taking an adult screen away from them. See what happens. I tried. It wasn't pretty. One of the worst nights of my life. I don't know who he was trying to pry the screen. It was a stranger on a bus. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> this it, is seven hundred dollar iPad. It's mine. <laughs> they shouldn't be looking at it. What? Who are you?
0: <laughs> yeah, we've 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 shut off the the shows with the especially our youngest, who's a different case, but. Before and he throws a fit and we think he's you know seeing too much stuff if he reacts this way to turn it off a show
1: yeah that's well and again your your son has uh, issues that you know are not necessarily common but you can gauge the depth of I want to be fair with my term I could use addiction Um, let me just say enthusiasm slash relationship. With something by how much a kid goes crazy when you take it away, mm. you know what I mean. Sure. And if if a little kid goes berserk at the thought of their smartphone being taken away or whatever, not being allowed to, you know, you got to understand. Wow, that's really woven into them, uh, and that's troubling. And and never mind kids raising kids. I'm talking us adults. We got to take a hard look at ourselves. And oh yeah. I, I spend a lot of time worrying about my kids, who at this point range from ages nineteen to twenty six. Um. And I just worry what has happened to their brain. And I feel a small measure of guilt about having permitted it to happen. Really? Who knew? Well, we our kids got phones for safety purposes, I think, in middle school. But they weren't like smartphone smartphones. Not till significantly later. But, no, we didn't know. We didn't understand it. I'm just hoping. I think in the near future, kids are not going to be getting smartphones. How many uh, Silicon Valley geniuses, innovators, gurus have to come out and say I don't let my kids use our app and they before yeah. the word gets around and
0: it's almost universal I, yeah. I can't imagine letting my kids have a smartphone in high school I, right now I, you'd have to make a strong argument for
1: why they need it right right now Mark Zuckerberg doesn't have kids because I think as the Antichrist he's not allowed to reproduce I got to reread you know the Old Testament. Um, unless he does like a Rosemary's Baby thing. his classic, a devil impregnated me movie for those not in the know. but Because <laughs> as the Antichrist, I don't believe he can reproduce with a human woman. Uh, so he hasn't spoken on that topic. But certainly a number of his co-creators have come out and said, no way. Get your kid off this. Man, that's meaningful.
0: What does it say about human nature that you carry in your hand... Really, everything that's ever been done is available to you in your hand. And you don't choose the complete works of Shakespeare or the Bible or whatever, you you know, whatever you want to come up with the Federalist Papers. None of that stuff. It's
1: Most candy of the time, crush is more fun than the Federalist you go Papers. With it just, just crap. is
0: crap. Just occupy your time with crap. That's just something about human nature. Yep. I mean, yeah. Disturbing. You are listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.